We don't beat you over the head with our opinion, and we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. This informative and entertaining show will start your mornings off on the right foot. Here's your host, Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone. Welcome to the Catherine Zox Show. Good morning. I am your social worker with a microphone on Voice America Women's Network. And my co-host is on vacation, so I she needs a little break from me, I guess. So I'm going to go it alone this morning. How are you this morning in, uh, well, I think Lauren is listening, but she's not going to do the show with me. Anyway, just want to remind you, and I think I mentioned this last week, but for all of those who tune into the Women's Network, I have a new website. It's Catherine Zox. You can go to www.catherinezox.com. You will connect directly to me on the Women's Network. So if you've missed a show, any of the shows, all of my shows are up on my website. You can click on, you can go through the archives and listen to them. Just click on eGuess. But the the purpose of my show, as uh, as most of you know, is to keep women informed, is to keep them informed, entertained, connected, and that's what I'm going to do not only on the air but through my website. So what if you go to the website, the first page, home page, is all about what's happening this week, and it will keep you current to see whether or not you want to listen to the show this week and sort of tease your appetite. And speaking of the show today, I want to just tell you what is coming up in this hour is um, test drive your dream job. Now, I don't know how many of you are at jobs that you don't like, that you just put up with, sitting in your cubicle, not you would love to leave but are afraid to do so, and are afraid to leave because, you know, you have to pay the bills, you have to take care of the kids, you can't just walk out. But Brian Kurth has created this new company called Vocation Vacations, and he gives you the ability to be able to, just as he said in the title of his book, test to drive your dream job. Say you want to not necessarily leave the job you're at right now because it's too scary, it may not be the right time, and you may not, even though you think you want to do something, it may not be the job that you want to do, but you can test it out. So he tells you specifically, he gives you a specific guide, sets you up in your dream job so that you can test it out. And you can go to his website, Vocation Vacations, to find out more about Brian before he's going to be on the show in the second, uh, I think it's the second half. Uh, or no, he's coming up next, actually. Brian's coming up next. Test drive your dream job. And this is the step-by-step guide to finding and creating the work that you love. And most people, I think the biggest thing that holds us back is fear. So we sit and talk about, well, I'll stay at this job for a couple more years, maybe three more years, or till I pay these bills off or pay my mortgage off. And never really get the opportunity to follow your passion. And, uh, of course, Brian talks about this from the first person because this this business that he started, this vocation vacations, came from his own experiences of not liking the job that he was at, not liking what he was doing, and his experience in being able to get out of that and to test drive his own dream job, which is it's a very it's an incredible story. Also coming up in the second half hour is Dr. Nanette. Gartrell, and she's author of a new book called My Answer is No, If That's Okay with You. Now, she was just seen on ABC's uh, TV, Good Morning America, so if you want to actually see her, 
she did a short clip. She talked about the book, but, uh, you know, there's a, a webcast of her on the air, and you can go to her website and, and see her, and you can just go to, actually, you can go to my answer is no if that's okay with you.com, or you can go to uh, Dr. Nanette com. She's a psychiatrist, and she uh, used to teach at Harvard Medical School, but now she's out in San Francisco at UC San Francisco. She's the Associate Clinical Professor of Psychiatry at the Center of Excellence in Women's Health at the University of California. And what she says is that women say no differently than men. Now, ladies, we all know that. We, I think most of us are very much aware that we say no differently than our husbands or our even our sons or our spouses. Uh, and she says that women have difficulty saying no, and the reason that they have difficulty saying no because they empathize more with the people that they are saying no to. They're afraid to hurt someone's feelings. They don't want to alienate somebody. They don't want to ruin your relationship by saying no. So she's going to tell us how we can say no still be empathetic, not ruin a relationship, and not disappoint others, which I think is one of the reasons why women have difficulty saying no. I mean, women, we've been told that women, just forget about it, say no like a man. Women do say no differently than men. Uh, women, don't be a people pleaser. Put yourself first. Uh, just say no, but it really doesn't work for us because we're wired differently. We don't want to alienate people. We are care. We value caring, we value generosity, and what, and, and, and so we don't want to say no in the same way that men do. We are different, and that's okay. So we do say what we're going to learn from Dr. Gartrell and which you can learn about in her book is why do all women have trouble saying no? And she says all women. In her book, she interviews uh, hundreds of women, different kinds of women. Uh, they have come from different kinds of backgrounds. Uh, but they're very high-powered women, some politicians, doctors, lawyers, uh, educators, even uh, the um, Boston's former female police commissioner. Uh, she takes all of these very high-powered and best-selling author, Danielle Steele. You know who Danielle Steele is. We ladies think of these women as people who, hey, they can say no. It's easy for them. That's how they get ahead. But she said that's not true. They're the, they, they also have difficulty saying no, but they have been able to do it in a certain way that, that has not impacted on their relationships or their ability to be successful. So she has... Uh, and what she does is she takes each one of these re women and they actually, they reveal, they tell their story, what saying no means to them. And the idea is that if you can identify with any one of these women, it may be helpful to you so that you'll be able to say to no to whomever you have to, whether it's your boss, whether it's your spouse, whether it's a personal relationship or a business relationship. And by saying no, you actually maintain connections with people because what you do, you help them to manage their ability to set limits, and we have to set limits. And by saying no in one area opens up a new door to being able to say yes in another. Uh, we've all been there, at least I know I have. I'm saying I, not being able, saying yes to everybody and, and taking on more than I'm able to handle doesn't really stand me in good stead. And what happens is what, we get stressed out, we aren't able to accomplish, we say yes to people and then we aren't able to accomplish what we're supposed to do, uh, especially in work situations. Uh, and all of us have like what uh, Dr. Gartrell calls our Achilles heel. There are certain areas that are more difficult to say no to than others. 
my particular difficulty is being able to say no when somebody asks me money for charity. And I really have a lot of difficulty with that. Probably it's more difficult when they call up on the phone and they have their plea and their their whole, uh, you know, whatever, you know, they've got a whole mantra and I listen to it and I usually feel very bad. I empathize with the organization and, and most all of the organizations who call me I feel bad about and I end up saying yes. I end up sometimes saying yes uh, when I do want to give to an organization but I'm giving more money than I want to because they have convinced me to give more money than I intended and that's a big mistake that I hang up and I am very sorry that I did it and, and in some cases that I end up not giving the monies at all because I've overcommitted. So it is really important to be able to say no. Now that's, that's my Achilles heel. You think about what are the situations that are the most difficult for you to say no to. Uh, well we have Dr. Gartrell on the, uh, on the line, you can call in and you can, uh, if you have questions for her, you can you can uh, call into our guest call-in number, which is 1-866-472-5787, and she will answer your questions, because uh, each one of us, as I say, have different issues that, that bother us. And some of the other things, other questions that she's going to address is uh, how to be assertive. Uh, you know how to be assertive. How to be assertive when you say no, but not lose the relationship with the person. Because I think that uh, being assertive is important, but you also don't want to alienate people when you say no. Another point she's going to address is how to be considerate uh, without jeopardizing our own well-being or our own livelihood. So you still want to be considerate when you say no. And it's different saying no to family and friends than it is to saying no to your boss. Uh, you know, so how do you set limits at work? These are some of the areas that we're going to cover in the next half hour with Dr. Nanette Gartrell. Um, she also is going to tell us how to say no, and this is real important to doctors and healthcare providers. This is a very difficult issue because then I think sometimes we feel, particularly as women and caregivers, that you know they are in an authority position. They are author- They know best. You know the doctor, the healthcare providers, uh, and so it's very difficult for us to say no. We don't want more tests, or no, we don't want this kind of health care or we, we have questions. Uh, I think in those kinds of situations where you are less knowledgeable, you're looking up to someone who is a professional, particularly in health care, it has to do with your own health and or that of your children or your family, it's very scary sometimes to be able to say no. And here's the last one that hopefully we'll get to that, uh, that she's going to cover is how to set limits in romantic relationships. Now, you know, if you're bowled over by that new boyfriend or that new partner, it's very difficult or uh, women often find it very difficult to say no because they're afraid that they're going to lose that relationship. I don't know if this is something that rings true with you, but it certainly does with me. It's not until after you feel more comfortable in the relationship, we've been with somebody for a long time, then maybe you can say no to them, but in the beginning it's like, oh, I'll go wherever you want to go. You know, where do you want to go out for dinner? Where, you know, what do you want to do tonight? What restaurant? And it's like, well, I don't care. Uh, would you like to do this? Yes, yes, we never say no. Anyway, we are going to take a break right now. Uh, we have a few minutes left. You're listening to The Catherine Zock Show. I'm your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to the Women's Channel, the Women's Network. Um, we'll be back in a few minutes. Don't go away. 
talk with you, not at you. We're Voice America, Women's Radio Network, the new face of talk radio. I have three children, and I've been raising my 16-year-old sister. Mary Gallagher and her family shared a two-bedroom apartment with eight people. Now Habitat for Humanity is helping her build a simple, decent, affordable home of her own. When we first found out that we were getting a Habitat home, it was like a dream. I kept saying, don't anybody wake me up. Not only is Mary helping build her own home, she'll buy it with a no-profit, zero-interest mortgage to keep it affordable. Habitat came out and built my home. And when Mary started building her house, I wanted to come out and give a hand. We're not just building Mary's house, we're building a neighborhood. There's several more to be built this year, and I look forward to working on each of their houses and seeing the joy of their face when they open the door to their brighter future. Habitat for Humanity. Building homes, changing lives. Support the work in your community. Visit Habitat.org. I feel very blessed. God has answered all of my prayers. We are home. Ladies, are you looking for a place where you can talk candidly about anything and everything? Well, here it is. Timeless Women Speak on the Voice America Women's Channel. We'll talk about sexuality, age-proofing your career, finding your passion and purpose, keeping your brain power, keeping your marriage fresh, dating for grown-ups, plastic surgery, surviving our beauty culture, and much more. Tune in Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific to Timeless Women Speak with Dr. Nancy O'Reilly on the Voice America Women's Channel. Radio that talks with you, not at you. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Catherine Zox. And you are listening to Voice America Women's Network. I'm your social worker with a microphone. Don't forget to log on to my new website, katherinezox.com, for information about my shows on Voice America Network and also on uh, my other show on WMET 1160 AM in Washington, D.C. Joining me this morning is Brian Kurth. Brian is author of Test Drive Your Dream Job and also founder of Vocation Vacations. And you can log on to vocationvacations.com. That's his website. Um, as I mentioned earlier, let's face it, many of us are still trying to figure out what we want to be when we grow up. We have good jobs, pay the bills, but uh, it doesn't feed our passion. Our jobs really don't give us the meaning that we want in our lives. We want to be happy and fulfilled, but uh, afraid to leave these jobs, don't know what to do about it. So here to tell us about his new book and his uh, vocation vacations is Brian Kurth. How are you this morning, Brian? I'm great, Catherine. Thanks for having me on. What a great idea. I mean, I think you hit on it. <laughs> I think you. <laughs> I'm sure you're aware of that too. But okay, first of all, I just you know before we start talking about the book, uh, what are vocation vacations? What does that mean? Well, vo- vocation vacations is really well. It fits perfect with your mission. Um, it, it, what we do is we provide two to three day dream job experiences for people to. This sounds melodramatic, but really get happier. <laughs> it sounds so simple. But really become happier in what they do at least 40, if not, you know, for many people, 60 hours a week, you know, in addition to sleeping. I mean, we're pretty much working all the time. And as you had just said, so 
how many people are not happy in what they do. And so we provide dream job experiences um, in nearly 40 states in across about 150 vocation types from actor to yoga studio studio owner and everything in between. We don't have zookeeper yet. We're still kind of working on that one. So we're A to Y. <laughs> a to Y, working on Z. I'm a Z, so you better get to Z, Brian. Um, well, we were working on Z, but I'll tell you that that horrific accident out in uh, San Francisco, I, I, I don't know if our insurance company is going to be uh, all that up for us doing zookeeper yeah. anytime soon. <laughs> so that little Z is going to take a, a while. That's but, going to uh, take a little bit longer. Uh, but okay, so you plan these okay. I think one thing, uh, and don't Brian is that keeps people from like changing jobs and stuff is because it's fear, right? I mean, you mentioned that in the Absolutely. book. I mean, it's too scary to do it, and they make excuses see, yep. that like, oh my, well, you know, two more years, three more years, like you know, pay the mortgage, send this kid to college, and then it never happens. Right. There's always going to be something. And and I speak from experience that, you know, sometimes you just have to say, wow, okay, whatever you believe in, you know, whether it's spiritual, religion, or just luck, whatever the case may be, at some point in your life you may just say, or you should say, okay, it, it's time to make the move. And what we what's outlined in the book is that for a lot of people it becomes a point when your fear of the unknown in the future is no longer greater than your current situation in terms of your unhappiness in your current your situation. Your hatred for your boss overcomes yeah, well, your fear for leaving the yeah, job. Exactly. Your lack of passion for what you do at least 40 hours a week. If, if your unhappiness is now greater than your fear of the unknown, you're now at that point. It's time to take what I would argue is not a leap. Take a baby step. And the baby step is taking a vocation vacation or as the book outlines it's an eight-step process of creating your own dream job experience it basically is a, a, you know an offshoot of our business of just saying hey look you know what we've created is really for people who are very busy and and maybe don't have the wherewithal to go out and find their own mentor uh, the book is about it's a DIY it's a do-it-yourself of saying you can go out and do what we're doing and, and, and you that's give okay. it, you're very specific in the book it's not like just okay you hate your boss more than you fear leaving the job and you just walk in one day in a rage and say, I quit. That's not mm-hmm. what you do, and that's what you outline in the book. Very clear-cut ways, guidelines for doing this. I mean, you talk about having a coach, having a cheerleader, having someone very specifically to, to help you to do this and to make this career change, right, having a mentor, those kinds of things. Um, all right, so let's take a job, Brian, because somebody who's in finance, they're an accountant, and then finally, I'm sick of numbers. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm 40 years old. I want to be uh, an actor, or I think I want to be an actor. I'd like to do something that has to do with performance that gets me out there. So take us through the steps, you know, with that kind of an example. Well, with that type of example, what we would first of all encourage folks to, you know, come to our site, Vocation Vacations, and if, if they're not booking, looking at booking a, a Vocation Vacation directly, then I obviously encourage not to be overly self-promoting, but to obviously <laughs> encourage people to buy the book, but it, which outlines the process to get that mentor. But the crux is getting a mentor. That is what separates us from career coaching and reading many other books and that kind of thing, we're saying, hey, we don't care that you're 30-something, 40-something, 50-something, maybe even 60-something. We don't care that you may have that Harvard degree, um, you know, from in law school or whatever the case may be. You don't know how to be an actor. And to have a finance background, using your example, is perfect.
perfect because being an actor, it is a business. You are an entrepreneur. You need to know how to market yourself. You need to how, need to know how to balance your monthly budget and make certain that that you move forward as a business. And being an actor is a business, and that's what our acting as well as our other mentors provide to their uh, vocationers, whether they're starting their own business or whether they're looking at switching and perhaps taking a pay cut to go work in a, in a job that they may still be working for someone else. So you need to be prepared. You need to adjust your own personal budget and finances and prepare for the future. So what you're doing is you say to this person who's the accountant or somebody who's in finances, taking those skills and just reinterpreting them or, or redefining them in a different job. And maybe they don't. Yeah, and absolutely. without the mentor, they can't see that or they don't realize that those skills can be translated to a different job. So you help them to do that. That's part of the process. That is absolutely part of the process. And the mentors do a phenomenal job of saying to someone like what you've just described, you know, a finance person, you know, I think of Jack Plotnick, one of our mentors in L.A., he's a phenomenal actor, stage, film, TV, and he is, uh, he in that example, he would be able to provide that vocationer, first of all, you know, a bit of a, a slap on the shoulder saying, hey, you can do this, and you've got great background as a business person to then become, a, now let's focus on core acting and how you actually then market yourself and all of that. And that's what the mentors are there for. Brian, what about if you get into the situation and you realize, because this is sort of, as you say, taking the baby steps to changing jobs, and you mm-hmm. go with your mentor and you find out, you know, this isn't for me. I think maybe I do like finance. Maybe I, maybe not exactly right. the job I'm doing now, but I want to stick to the financing. And so this helps me to also... You know, I thought I had this passion for, you know, going on stage, but I don't really. That's another yeah, possibility. Yeah, that's, absolutely, and that's as valuable, perhaps even more valuable, of, of saving people time and money in the long run of uh, before they go back to school, before they go out and get that part-time job and really committing to, um, you know, being a baker or taking uh, time to volunteer all the time um, at a not-for-profit when you realize after two days of taking a not-for-profit vocation vacation that wow okay you've heard that not-for-profits pay less but now you realize after two days you know you're not willing to make that financial cut in order to switch from corporate into not-for-profit or whatever the case may be after two days if you walk away saying okay this was a great experience i enjoyed myself and i loved my mentor and all that whether it's through us or on your own but if you walk away saying this is not for me Congratulations! You just saved <laughs> but Brian, a you know what you could become? You could become a vocation vacations junkie. You could try one, and hey, that was an interesting well, experience. We, we yeah, have, I'm sure you. We, yeah, go we, ahead. We, woman in uh, Missouri, where we affectionately call her our, our own Penny Lane because she is onto number seven, and uh, she is just you know having a great time trying out different vocation vacations for her retirement early retirement. She'll be only in her early 50s when she retires as a civil engineer. And she wants to get into the entertainment business and is at some point considering maybe relocation from Missouri. You're you're creating all these very well-rounded sort of renaissance kind of people. They're going to have a lot of different kinds of experiences. I love it. Well, we like to think that we are revolutionizing how people think about taking the process of career change, that you you can't go from A to B and, and immediately, and, and so, so many people just get into analysis paralysis and, and just says, will just say to themselves, I can't get from A to B, and so they don't even try. What we're saying is 
you can get from A to B. But it's not going to happen overnight. And a vocation vacation, either through us or created on your own, you know, it's the baby step. It's that first step in a process. And it's an edu- sort of an education. I, I don't know how to say it, but it's kind of like a, I mean, you're doing it in, in the, quote, proper way, if there is a proper way. I read a statistic that the U.S. Department of Labor estimates, this is just an estimate, that uh, people entering the job market now will have 10 to 14 jobs right. by the time they're 38 years old. So, you know, right. it's important to to do the kinds of things that you're talking about so you have some idea of what you're getting into. Well, one of those, I guess this would be a success story that was in the book about the the woman who thought she wanted to run a bed and breakfast and then you placed her, you know, we have a couple minutes left, you, she actually got into that kind of a situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 and the outcome for her, now we've had others who walk away saying, okay, this is it. She still is considering it, but it was a wake-up call to her of really, well, she had a couple of issues, uh, really, you know, first of all, was the financial side of things, which is true with so many people. Fear of financial insecurity is really, you know, the number one thing holding people back across the board. So we address that right up front. You, you need to get your ducks in a row. The other issue is that, you know, she at first did not have the support of her spouse in this endeavor, and, and he was not all that gung-ho on this concept. And he has now sort of come around, and and, uh, and that's part of it as well, is that you can't do this in a box. You know, you most people have, you know, family and or, you know, certainly uh, friends, responsibilities, mortgages, college, you know, uh, expenses to pay, et cetera, et cetera. It's not mutually exclusive from the rest of your life. And so it is a vocationing lifestyle. And with her, she's slowly making that switch. She's not doing it overnight. She's still doing her due diligence, and she's still looking out there for a potential partner, business partner, because she's realized that her husband is not going to be that person. She thought it would be, and she wanted him to be, but she's realized, okay, he's not a business partner. That's okay. Yeah. So, so this is this. All of this has to do with reality testing. I mean, you really are. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. We are going to have to say goodbye, unfortunately. But listeners, you can. Buy Test Drive Your Dream Job, a step-by-step guide to finding and creating the work you love. Brian Kurth, bookstores everywhere. Go online, and and especially, I'd say, Brian, listeners, go online to vocationvacations.com. Terrific idea. I love it. Well, thanks uh, so much, Catherine. Yeah. Have it. Thanks so much for being on the show. We just My touched pleasure. the yeah. We just touched the surface with these vocation vacations, but uh, yeah, get the book. And uh, anybody who's been thinking about leaving your job, this is the way to do it. Have a great day. You're listening to Catherine Zox, and I'm your social worker with a microphone on the Voice America Women's Channel. Also, you can go to CatherineZox.com if you want to hear this show anytime this week. And uh, also, you can go through the archives at CatherineZox.com. We'll be back in a minute. Talk radio that informs, entertains, and enlightens you. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh, uh, uh, uh. There you go.
you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt U.S. Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. JackLaLane.com presents Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine LaLane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris LaLane, to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how, three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack LaLane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. For the most current and up-to-date information and options in childbearing, family health, and parenting, tune in to Celeste Ranese's Timely Topics in Childbirth, broadcasting every Wednesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. If you don't know your options, you don't have any. We don't beat you over the head with our opinion, and we listen to yours. The new face of talk radio, Voice America Women's Radio Network. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us. I'm Catherine Zox. I'm your social worker with a microphone on Voice America Women's Network. Just want to uh, tell you that uh, I am your social worker with a microphone, as you know, but if you want to uh, uh, go to my website, it's CatherineZox.com. New website tells you what's coming up this week on Voice America and my shows, and you can listen to the archives. You can also listen to the archives and go to my other show, which is WMET 1160 AM in Washington, D.C., and listen to that show, too. A little bit different. We focus on women's issues, but we also uh, uh, bring men into the picture more, a little more, I guess, eclectic, but always concerned about women's issues and always concerned about informing and connecting and entertaining women with memorable guests like the ones you've heard this morning, and uh, we've had people on the show like Al Roker, Miss America 2007, all kinds of celebrities, authors, uh, life experts, and uh, we were just listening, if you were uh, just joining us, I had a life expert on earlier, uh, fascinating guy, Brian Kurth, he's founder of Vocation Vacations, and you can uh, go to vocationvacations.com. He developed, he has a new book, and uh, he and I were talking about his new book, Test Drive Your Dream Job step-by-step guide to finding and creating the work you love. Well, uh, and you, you can log on to test drive your dream job or go to vocation vacations. And uh, Brian talks about this company that he developed. It's actually a concept of uh, test doing just that. If you're dissatisfied with your work, you don't like what you're doing, you want to leave, but you're afraid, he takes you step-by-step. You can go and practice those dream jobs and follow your passion and see if it's right for you. But right now, we have our next guest, and she is Dr. Nanette Gartrell, Associate Clinical Professor of Psychiatry at the Center of Excellence in Women's Health, University of California, San Francisco. Uh, She graduated from Stanford and was also on the faculty of Harvard Medical School. But uh, today we're going to be talking about her new book, My Answer is No, If That's Okay with You, How Women Can Say No and Still 
still feel good about it. And earlier uh, on the show, I I sort of I think I've already done the uh, introduction to Dr. Gartrell because she says that women really say no differently than men, and uh, yet we've been told that uh, that's not a good thing. We should say no like a man, and she said no. And she says no, that's not true. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on, Doctor. How are you this thank morning? Thank you very much. I'm well, thank say, you. <laughs> that was a tongue twister. Okay. <laughs> I think, you know, as I was reading your book, I'm thinking, Doctor, that's so true. Women, I know that. I say no differently. My girlfriends do. My mother uh, my friends at work, uh, women have known that for a long time, and uh, yet you're so right. We've been told we have to behave like a man, and that doesn't work for us. So It, it doesn't, and sadly, women have internalized the message that there's something gravely wrong with the way that we say no. Um, I, I hear women all the time, both in my private practice as a psychiatrist and just in life, saying, I'm so weak, I'm so inadequate, because I can't say no. And we've heard over and over, you have to just say no, make no a single word or a complete answer. And the fact is, our no's are more like a paragraph if you care about the person that you're talking to. I mean, you know, you, you, you don't just say no to your boss and walk away. You don't say just no to a parent who's ailing and ill and infirm when they need something. You you talk to them. You explain or you see what you can work out, what you can do and you can't. It's, it's, it's a much more complicated process when you care about the person to whom you're saying no. So what you're saying is, Doctor, that women have, we're hardwired differently than men. When we say no, I think one of the things that came through in your book is we really are con- concerned with our relationships perhaps more than men are, whether it is your boss or your spouse or, you know, or the mailman. I don't care who it is, really. I mean, it's different levels of caring. But that always comes into play when a woman is saying, no, we don't want to ruin the relationship. We don't want to jeopardize the relationship. Right. That's so important. I mean, we build the relationships that our families and communities and cultures could not survive without, and we give a tremendous amount of thought to the way we go about saying no especially if the no has the potential to disrupt an important connection. But the other part of that is, and this is, I think, real important, as you point out, sometimes if you can't say no, then it does disrupt the relationship anyway because you don't set limits for the relationship. And then, you know, it's like saying yes all the time to things you aren't really capable of doing. So then in the end, the relationship doesn't work anyway. Well, it's it's a constant balancing act for us. I mean, every yes and every no is a matter of determining whose needs are most important our own needs, the needs of the people who are dependent on us, the needs of the people we care about, and the needs of our larger community. And it's very, very important that we take care of ourselves, we practice compassion for ourselves in that balance, because you can't take care of other people without taking care of yourself. Doctor, what, okay, so you're taught, in the, and this is, I, I would, and I don't, maybe you should tell us, that. I mean, that is what the book is about. It tells women how to say no, and you've interviewed hundreds of women who are very high-powered women from police chiefs, lawyers, doctors, uh, but they all have that one thing in common. They can't, you know, the difficulty in saying no. Um, well, I I chose to um, do this group of very powerful, accomplished women because one of the stereotypes about them is that, that, that saying no is easy for them. And the fact is they've had to learn just like everyone else. And of course, you can't be successful um, without learning how to say no, uh, professionally at least, because the higher you climb on any career ladder, the more you're asked to do and the more you have to say no. But 
saying, though, at work is very different from, for instance, speaking up when someone you're dating treats you disrespectfully or saying uh, you don't agree with something that your doctor has proposed that um, you do in terms of your health care. We face new and different challenges in so many different arenas of our lives almost on a daily basis, and we need new and different no's for each of those situations, and again, especially if we care about the relationship. So, Dr. Guttrell, no has to fit the situation. It has to fit the situation. It's not one size fits all. I'll give you an example for myself. Uh, you know, Barrett was always very, my boys are in their 20s now, but it was always easy for me to say no if it involved my children. Sometimes yes. that mother, you know, I could say no to anybody if I felt it was going to be detrimental to my kids. Yes. Not so much to myself or to my spouse or, mm-hmm. you know, but to them, then it came real, it was not, you know, it never was a problem. And I actually say that over and over when I'm talking about this, um, you know, because, again, the stereotype is that women can't say no. And I say to people, um, the most dangerous place for for any human being is between a mother and a child who's in danger. Believe me, we have no difficulty saying no when it comes to protecting someone we love. It's instinctive. It's a piece of cake. It's a challenge when we care about a relationship and we don't want to jeopardize that relationship. And that is something women should be proud of. Every woman who's struggling to say no needs to look at what the relationship means to her. That's the that's the uh, central theme of this book. And did you find that the women, the high, these women, as accomplished, high-powered women, um, did they get to the point where they are uh, differently in terms of being able to say no, or was it different for each one of them, or it's how did different. that? It's different for each one of them, and most of them didn't have anybody to mentor them, or they had they the, the, they were taught by men and didn't want to adapt the strategies and styles of the men who were their superiors. So they had to forge their own paths. And now they're able to teach the next generation of women, which is wonderful. And they have these terrific strategies. Um, I mean, for instance, um, a a very prominent Stanford professor um, spoke about early in her career when you're coming up as a junior faculty member, you say yes to everything because that's how you advance your career. But of course, then you end up exhausted and burnt out, and and you know you angry. have angry, and you have to find a way to set limits. And so um, she looked around, and she herself did not have children, but found saw that women who had children had um, an automatic, built-in, acceptable no, I, I need to get home to my children. And, and everyone understood that, so that worked, but she didn't have that op, um, option. So um, what she has done, which I think is, is really quite lovely, is she has always has by her phone a list of junior faculty women in a, in a related field who could benefit from the things that she's being asked to do. Um, and when someone calls her to speak on the other coast or or whatever, and she's um, enormously busy and can't possibly accommodate it, she makes a suggestion of someone who could benefit from that opportunity, um, who's a junior faculty person. And then she also um, thanks the person for asking her, because it is a compliment when someone thinks that you have something to offer and they ask you to do something that, you know, would be um, a nice uh, spotlight for you, Um, so that she not only gives something, um, but she also thanks them 
um, for that for the request and and makes it a very nice um, completion of the no. I think the concept of mentoring, what you've been talking about, is really important. And I think women of our, or I'll say my generation, really didn't have that. And I think that, you know, we have to give ourselves a break because it's true. I mean, I grew up in a family of all men. And so I was, you know, those were my role models for doing business or being in the workplace and trying to get ahead. And it didn't work for me. And it still is an issue. And I I have friends and colleagues, you know, I'll say to my partner, He'll listen to me talk, and and he'll say, "Well, why didn't you just say no?" And just why are you explaining yourself? Why? Are you? And I and just what you mentioned in the book, Doctor. It's like because I still want to maintain a connection, a relationship. That's right. That's you are, right. yeah. And it's for him. It's like, well, but you know, it's business. It's business. It does not, you know, it's strictly business. It has nothing to do with emotion. Nothing, nothing to do with relationships. Well, for me, it does. Right. I mean, our brains are different. We're wired differently, and it is all about connections. That's what keeps our world thriving and alive and it's a wonderful thing but you know you you can be i mean the the very short version of a no is i'm sorry i'm not available i'm sorry it doesn't work for me but still it's more connected than no now, there are lots of specific areas that I wanted to get into, too. We've got a couple minutes left before the break, but when we come, uh, well, we might have to cover one of them. I think, uh, you know, women today, especially, you know, we talk about the uh, the sandwich generation, and I think this puts you in a real position to have to say no to a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. You're taking care of your elderly parents. You're taking care of your children. You are working. So you are caught up in the system where you have forced to say no or compelled to say no in all of these different relationships. And um, so I think it's a real challenge for for women, let's say, 40 to 60. Absolutely. And I strongly urge women to, I mean, it really on a daily basis, think about priorities. Who is most important today? Is it yourself? Is it your child, your elderly relative, your boss? Um, and whoever's at the top of the priority list, those are the the people to whom you're going to be saying yes. And to everyone else, I'm sorry, I can't do it today. I'm sorry, it doesn't work for me. And and really, we do have to ask ourselves this over and over because, and really check in with these priorities over and over because they shift constantly. Yeah, priorities. I think that's the key, and we're going to, we'll take a break on that one. Priorities, setting limits, and boundaries. We're talking to Dr. Nanette Gartrell. She's author of My Answer is No, If That's Okay With You. You're listening to Voice America Women's Network. I'm Catherine Zock. This is the Catherine Zock Show on Voice America Women's Network. I'm your social worker with a microphone. Talking about what you care about. News, relationships, health, finances. Voice America, Women's Radio Network. Tired of those fad diets and exercise routines that you don't stick with? Want to find a better way to incinerate fat and energize your life without those worthless pills or gimmicks? Then tune in every Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific to Fitness Truth with host Zach Hunt and A.J. Roberts. Achieve your weight loss and fitness goals and maintain them for the rest of your life. The rest of your life. That's Fitness Truth, Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. When I have an asthma attack, I feel scared. It's like tiny nails in the air poke my lungs. I start to cough. Did you know your child's asthma attacks can be triggered by things like shower curtains? 
a blanket, even a teddy bear. I feel like I'm choking. And there are many other things in your home and your child's classroom you may not know about. For the latest information, call 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. Sometimes I, my parents have to take me to the hospital. Help prevent your child's asthma attacks and avoid the emergency room. Call toll-free 1-866-NO-ATTACKS. That's 1-866-662-8822. Or visit www.noattacks.org. I don't want to feel like a fish with no water. Brought to you by the EPA and the Ad Council. Let's face it, hormones happen. Whether you are male or female, hormones have an impact on your overall well-being. Dr. Hart brings to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel timely topics that answer your lifelong questions about hormones in men, women, and teens. Tune in to Optimal Wellness every Monday at 12 o'clock p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Optimal Wellness. Live life well. Live life long. Live life to the fullest. We talk with you, not at you. We're Voice America, Women's Radio Network, the new face of talk radio. You're listening to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America Women's Channel. If you'd like to join our conversation this morning, call now. The toll-free number is 866-472-5788. That number again is 866-472-5788. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us this morning. I'm Catherine Zox, and you're listening to Voice America Women's Network. I'm your social worker with the microphone. Joining me this morning is Dr. Nanette Gartrell. She's author of My Answer is No, If That's Okay with You. And you can go to her website. Uh, Doctor, we, I think there are two websites we can go to. If we just go to drnanettegartrell.com. Actually, um, the easiest is just to remember myanswerisno.com. All right, myanswerisno.com. That's easy. Um, so you, you can, yeah, so go to Dr. Gartrell's website, myanswerisno.com, and you can purchase the book and purchase the book at bookstores everywhere. Uh, before we took the break, we are talking about priorities. Always keep those priorities in mind. I think that's so important. That's yeah. probably number one, isn't it? Like It is. Yeah. And and if I may quote one of the, the amazing women I interviewed um, in this book, Mary Fisher, the international AIDS activist um, who herself contracted AIDS um, long ago and has lived with it and um, spends much of her time in Africa working um, to combat AIDS for uh, women and children, um, she said to me, you know, Nanette, the only thing that all of us have that's equal in this world is the number of hours in any one day. You have to learn to say no to things that are not at the top of your priority list so that you can say yes to the people who matter to you. And that is, that is I, I mean, that's really it. I mean, I think if you keep that... I don't know if you would call it a mantra in mind. Exactly. I, it's, it's become mine because I just love it. And, and you know what, Doctor, though? The only thing is what I'm thinking, you know, she, I mean, has, you know, contracted AIDS. I mean, this is something that I think many happens to a lot of us. We, you know, we get sick or somebody in the family gets sick or the, the stakes get really high. Uh, and emotionally, and and we then are able to say no, uh, but we aren't able to say it if we don't feel the stakes are high enough. You know what I'm saying? Do we have to be really sick? Does it really have to take a crisis for us to take a look at all of this, like you're saying, and priorities? And 
um, you know, we only have so much time and all of those kinds of things are can we do it before that happens? I'm encouraging women everywhere to do it now. <laughs> yes. Make it today. Make this the first day that you start um, because, you know, this is today is as important as any other day, and none of us can predict. I mean, we all hope to be here for the long haul, but none of us can predict whether that will actually happen. So start today and, and uh, be very clear about your priorities today so that you can actually live the life you choose. You are a psychiatrist. You are one of those successful, accomplished women that you write about in the book. So what about you? Do you have trouble saying no? <laughs> Tell us the truth. I was waiting for that question. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> and I've had to learn just like everyone else. But, I I mean, I am a person who um, uh, cares about the needs and concerns of other people. And keep in mind, I'm a doctor. I'm on call 24-7, and I have been for most of my adult life. And I also want to be available when people are having a hard time. So that makes it doubly difficult. So, you know, I, I know this struggle um, I very, very much from my, from my own life. But I um, have had to learn, and I also have found that you cannot be an effective caregiver for other people if you don't take care of yourself and boundaries and setting limits are very important for all of us and really I, I want to be fully available to the to the patients that I care for um, and everybody else in my life is important to me and so yeah, I have take very good care of myself. Now, did this come naturally to you? I mean, Absolutely you're nat- not. <laughs> okay. So at one point did you say, I mean, were you in medical school? Were you teaching? Were you younger? Was there a point where you said, I don't know if it was a crisis or just what was it that, wait, I have to learn how to say no? Well, I mean, I, it actually came from a, a, a tragedy in my life. My sister died of cancer when I had uh, just finished my psychiatric residency, and um, she died um, fairly rapidly of, of uh um, pretty terrible kind of cancer, and um, she wanted very much to live. And she was 27 years old, and uh, I was 30. And I it, it taught me that you know I need to make every day count that she didn't get to have. So that's where it started for me. Yeah. So that was your own personal. And, and as we were saying, it, it's, it, it took that kind of a, a catastrophic a crisis for you to be able to do that. Right. But you know, I really encourage women not to wait until a crisis occurs. Do it now. Do it now. Very, yeah, exactly. Do it now. It, and as I said, though, it's not so easy for all of us given the situation that we find ourselves in. And I have so many friends who are in situations, as I mentioned also before we took the break, who are in these, you know, really you talk about being a caregiver. I mean, you're a caregiver naturally with friends and family and in your profession, but these women who are, you know, who have elderly parents living with them, I and mean, these are real situations that are just that they find themselves overwhelming situations and with children and with spouses absolutely and and to these women first of all I say thank you because you could never be thanked enough and you probably aren't being thanked enough and and secondly if there's one message I would give to all the caregivers in the world (laughs) um, it's um, ask people to spell you for at least an hour a day during which time you say no to everyone and everything and just take care of yourself Go for a walk, take a hot bath, give yourself time to replenish. I think that's excellent advice. And, I, and also, I, I, there's a um, there's a, something called respite care. Yes, respite care is available to help people who are caregivers. I have a, actually have a whole chapter on um, saying no as a caregiver and give a lot of resources in there um, to, that um, can help people have outsiders 
important to read that chapter because I find, and as a social worker in my profession, that women, you know, they, they want... The good part about being empathetic and connected and wanting relationships and wanting to help, that's positive. But the other fear I think that women have is they feel guilty that they're abandoning, especially in this caregiver situation, you know, that if they're not there 24-7, then they are abandoning their elderly parent or their child or their spouse or whomever it is and don't realize, as you say, as you're saying now and as you say in the book, that you really need to refresh yourself. You need to say no. You need to get out. You need to to be able to sort of replenish yourself. Replenish is the word, yes, replenish yourself. Right, and and also I think it's important for every caregiver to understand that the people you're caring for will always want more of your time, energy, and attention than than you can give because, you know, when we don't feel well, we want someone to be there with us every moment and and disappointments are part of life and whether you're healthy or ill and so it's it's important to remind yourself that yes this person is going to be disappointed but I'm doing the best I can in the circumstance yeah and I think what it does is it empowers you uh, the caregiver as well as the rest of the family or who who you're caring for uh, to see that you can set limits yeah, you're not, you're not abandoning the person. You're taking a break. So, last question: What would you say to 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 women who are raising young daughters? How do they do this so that they don't, as we've been talking about, you don't have to wait till there's a crisis in the family or you're a caregiver or whatever. You know, start out as a little girl. You know, as a psychiatrist, what what do we tell our daughters, our young I, daughters? Uh, actually, what I encourage every mother of of daughters to do is to take sign up for a mother-daughter self-defense course. Um, these are such empowering courses because they, they have them, they start with teens, and um, so basically when your daughter is a teenager, sign up for a mother-daughter self-defense course. They not only teach um, both the, the mothers and the daughters to deliver a knockout no in the event of an assault, they it also empower girls and mothers and women everywhere to speak up in other arenas as well. They're terrific, terrific, empowering tools, and I strongly recommend them. Great advice. I like that. Okay. Now, Dr. Nanette Gartrell, my answer is no. If that's okay with you, you can go on to her website, myanswersno.com, for more information. And uh, you can purchase the book online and at bookstores everywhere. It was really a pleasure having you on the show this morning. Thank you very much. Thanks so much. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Women's Network on Voice America, Voice America Women's Network. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. I'm Catherine Sox, your social worker with a microphone. Don't forget to log on to my new website, CatherineSox.com. Have a great week, and uh, we'll see you next Thursday. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Catherine Sox Show. You can listen live every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Want to know more about Catherine? Visit her website at www.catherinezox.com. Be sure to join us next week for more interviews and great conversation with Catherine Zox.